good afternoon everybody today we are uh, meeting to talk about covid especially the latest updates especially what works and what doesn't work because there's so much of information in the last one year we're really not sure which really works and which doesn't so in the next 20 minutes i'll go through some data initially we'll give a summit up and go through some data like i'll rather confuse you for the for 10 15 minutes and then we'll summarize finally so i'll start with the summary the only thing which really makes a difference is oxygen oxygen saves lives and use it judiciously so the the take home point is there is no miracle cure or miracle drug for coronavirus we have several drugs but none of them is the magic pill which saves it with regards to certain things which may work one is antivirals remdesivir may have a marginal role but this happens only in the viremic phase then comes anti inflammatory drugs steroids may have a role i see remember i put minor among the thing this is some role is probably there only for steroids again only in the anti inflammatory phase inhaled budesonide again a marginal role tocilizumab doubtful role bartesinib doubtful role so we'll talk about covid pathophysiology just to understand where to put what so with regards to covid we have several phases first is the early infectious phase where it is there in the throat the virus is in the throat it can settle in that phase or it can just proceed further there you can have fever some kind of a throat pain some people have lot of anosmia lot of smell and taste etc etc then we have a pulmonary phase where there is some kind of pneumonia then you have something called as hyperinflammatory phase where the pneumonia becomes ards or patient becomes very sick they go for multi organ dysfunction now what do you do in the viremic phase obviously the body is trying to take control the role is for probably antivirals is supportive care you don't have any role for anything else next comes and we don't have any antiviral to the date which kind of controls a virus in the upper tract none of the antivirals including your so called re- repurposed drugs like hexacures or ivermectin none of them have shown any evidence in the early infection then comes a pulmonary phase in the pulmonary phase body is again trying to fight against it most of the time body wins sometimes the body is not able to do it then they go into the hyperinflammatory phase in the pulmonary phase again it's going to be supportive care a subset of patients who have progressive pneumonia may benefit from remdesivir before they enter into the hyperinflammatory phase in the hyperinflammatory phase the host immune response goes beyond what is normal so the immunity becomes profound and the body start body's fighting response is so much patient develops ards this is because covid is a new infection the body has not had any kind of immune response to it so the vigorous inflammation that's when your anti inflammatory drugs have a role so if you give steroids in stage 1 or early in stage 2 it is going to increase the infection similarly remdesivir in stage 3 is not going to work so we need to use a drug judiciously let me give another example so when you categorize the infection into category 1 category a b c a is somebody with mild with non uh, young people mild infection b is somebody b1 is somebody with high risk with mild infection b2 is somebody with mild hypoxia who are on high risk patients who have end organ damage patients who are on long term immunosuppression because these are people who can who go can go for stage 2 and stage 3 fast now by giving steroids in stage 1 you are shifting the patient from category a to category b automatically you are shifting somebody who is immunocompetent to immunosuppressed in other words we are pushing a stable patient to a sick patient a subset of them recover but we do see a quite a few patients coming with early steroids 
with very bad pneumonia very bad ards very difficult to control so steroid is not for everybody and don't try to give it in stage 1 i know facts are stubborn but statistics can be more reliable this particular episode this particular epidemic has shown this more than anywhere else so i will just summarize about the treatment option and then we'll understand the evidence behind it somebody comes with covid infection we divide into mild moderate and severe moderate again we divide into b category b1 and b2 so mild is patients who are asymptomatic or mild infection like those who have good saturation mild fever upper tract prominent so they just require home isolation some vitamins we monitor the temperature if they are really obese maybe you can add aspirin or really obese there is family history of coronary artery disease ex smokers you can run aspirin because coronary artery disease seems to be pretty high then comes the moderate category moderate category are patients who are symptomatic you divide into category b1 and b2 ones who do not have hypoxia those who have hypoxia they uh, category b1 we are talking about patients who are my, who do not have hypoxia who come under high risk like patients who have got things like coronary artery disease renal dysfunction copd somebody on immunosuppressant post transplant they are relatively okay to see but they have all these risk factors this group along with monitoring and giving vitamins you can add aspirin and you can probably add vidusonide inhalers they may be a benefit if added early again check it if added early there is no role giving in giving vidusonide when somebody comes with oxygen saturation of 88 or somebody on high flow oxygen next comes to patients who come with mild hypoxia these are groups we give oxygen supplementation we give them diuretics to maintain or even with or without diuretics to maintain a mild negative balance we try to maintain 300 ml of negative balance somewhere between 200 to 500 ml just some negative balance will help anticoagulants awake prone and steroids steroids started early around the time when somebody has mild hypoxia benefits a lot it prevents them from going to severe disease there may be a role of convalescent plasma we are not giving in tamil nadu anyway then we have remdesivir remdesivir has a role in this group patients who are on the verge of hypoxia especially with fever they do really well with remdesivir then comes with severe patients with real hypoxia more than 4 liters of oxygen requirement 4 to 6 liters somebody on niv ventilator here there is again no role for remdesivir oxygen is only therapy here along with your anti inflammatory agents methylprednisolone dexamethasone here if they come in acutely sick we may give a higher dose tocilizumab may have a role as a certain subset of patients so now with this i'm going to talk to you about the about the evidence for each and every drug and then again finally we summarize so we'll start with remdesivir so we have all heard about remdesivir being 2000 20000 per vial yesterday i saw a counterfeit stock given to a doctor felt very bad about it is it worth it is it the life saving drug we look into the evidence this is a solidarity trial conducted by hu several centers across the world they looked into several repurposed drugs along with that remdesivir looked into they didn't find any mortality benefit it was in october 2020 2020 where it was huge epidemic abroad then where do you give remdesivir when patients come with impending hypoxia with fever this group really benefits for example somebody has a borderline oxygen saturation with fever that's when they respond really well especially patients with high fever going on for 4 5 days and borderline hypoxia progressive pneumonia this group immediately responds 3 4 days fever comes down their hypoxia settles you'll be able to wean off steroids by 4 5 days 
patients with mild covid pneumonia may have a benefit the best response is in the first category mild hypoxia or impending hypoxia they are not even on oxygen because we keep a target of 92 they'll reach target 92 when they lie down that group only benefits the most most with patients with mild hypoxia may benefit third category is patients who are immunocompromised when we told you the immune phase comes in around a week's time by then the body's immunity starts taking over there is no, we can't do much with antiviral but there is a subset of patients where the immune phase comes in very late the viral replication goes on for a longer period of time they benefit even after probably a week or 10 days too one is patients on active cancer chemotherapy especially when they coming in the in the immunosuppressed phase two weeks or three weeks after cancer chemo neutrophilic phase post transplantation patients on severe immunosuppression even those who have got mild immunosuppression the response to both vaccination and to your uh, covid infection antibody formation is less next somebody on monoclonals rituximab infliximab less than one month this group also comes in like that you can also add things like post splenectomy patients who are on florid uh, immunosuppression for some other reason for example somebody who's got lot of methotrexate pulses keep them be careful with them these are the groups which may have some benefit never use remdesivir without pneumonia and there is no role for remdesivir if somebody is on niv or somebody is on a ventilator somebody who has got emodius remdesivir doesn't have any role if there is the meningitis or if there is any other endocrine dysfunction other than pneumonia what is the evidence we are looking into this act trial you look into this this is a trial you can see four columns where column 1 is overall benefit there seems to be a mild improvement there is a mild improvement which is probably statistically significant who does it improve patients who have not received oxygen i told you patients who are borderline not the early covids patients receiving mild oxygen those who are not on ventilator or hfnc those who are hfnc also then benefit so low oxygen requirement not receiving oxygen with progressive pneumonia and mild hypoxia these two groups is a benefit so looking into it patients who are on mechanical ventilation of ecmo there has been no benefit remdesivir is superior to placebo in shortening the time to recovery in adults who have evidence of lower respiratory tract infection and who are not on ecmo or ventilator so look into this this is this chart shows us about remdesivir in oxygen requirement and no oxygen requirement if you look into it you can see solidarity trial patient on ventilator act trial patients on ventilator or niv uhan trial all of these trials when they gave remdesivir and patients on invasive ventilator or non invasive ventilator remdesivir made the condition worse or there was no improvement look into the remdesivir better arm you will see patients on no oxygen or mild oxygen they had some benefit low flow oxygen mild oxygen especially low flow oxygen they seems to be having a good benefit so use remdesivir when somebody comes with impending hypoxia or mild hypoxia so this is not a drug where you need to queue and get it from outside for somebody on a ventilator it's not going to save lives in a very sick patient it may have a benefit in hospitalization duration or may prevent progression is a small subset who go for mild hypoxia so don't panic if you don't have remdesivir because it may not have much of a mortality benefit so remdesivir helps in certain ways so but this against this can be extrapolated in any way but statistics when the fact is so clear we should probably take it up
Next, steroids. So much on steroids. Everybody gets steroids now. We have patients taking steroids over the counter. In fact, there was one. This I got it from Bombay High Court. Apparently, they wanted to see whether dexamethasone was an alternative to an emdesivir. It went to such a level we had some releases, even from government side, asking steroids to be given for a lot of patients. But remember, steroid is an immunosuppressive agent. It works only in the immune phase. If you give it in the viremic phase, you're making an immunocompetent to an immunosuppressed individual and they can progress much more fast. So be careful when you use steroids. Steroid indication. How much you use? What do you use? You use either dexamethasone, semi-7G or methylprednisolone for 5 to 10 days. When do you use it? When somebody has hypoxia. When somebody recovers out of hypoxia and or no hypoxia, suddenly becomes really sick. For example, somebody has been on 15 liters, you go down to 6 liters and suddenly bursts. It can be because of two reasons. Again, because of immune activation or because of infection. With immune activation, again, steroid helps. So generally, low dose is given when they have come present with hypoxia. And we give them a pulse when they have a sudden severe hypoxia. At that time, we always rule out sepsis and cardiac failure. Steroids should never be used without hypoxia. Never be used to control fevers. Never be used as an add-on to antivirals. What exactly happens outpatient is you give Fabiflu or steroid. Doesn't work. Don't give it beyond two weeks without a proper proper indication. Generally around 10 days, maximum 14 days. Taper it. Bring it to a minimal. COVID PCR positivity is not a steroid-deprived state. Don't give steroid just because somebody COVID is positive. So, the trial which made us all use steroid is recovery trial. Recovery trial is a trial where they are looking into multiple drugs, one of which was steroid and this is conducted across several centers and so the validity is much higher. If you look into it, you have four arms. When you look into it, there has been a mortality benefit but look into the various arms. One is all participants in, in box A, box B somebody on ventilator, there is a dramatic difference. Oxygen only, there is a difference. Then, coming to with no oxygen, you can see there is an increased mortality with dexamethasone. Going to that, this is what the recovery trial says. Dexamethasone 6mg, which extrapolates to methylpred 32mg or prednisolone 0.5mg per kg, around 30mg. Basically, we are trying to give 0.5mg per kg of steroid of prednisolone or methylprednisolone or dexamethasone. If you look into the arms, when somebody is on ventilator, invasive or non-invasive ventilator or receiving oxygen, there is a mortality benefit with dexamethasone. But if somebody receives it without oxygen, they actually died more. The same thing again, steroid without hypoxia can increase mortality. Please be very careful. So next kind of steroid which we've been using now is inhaled bedesonide. This is based upon the stoic trial. So basically, we are not looking into mortality here. They are talking about mild COVIDs. They are looking at mild COVIDs to prevent progression because that's what we all want. We don't want patients coming to our ICU. How do we prevent it? One, we were all trying to vaccinate them, avoid getting the infection. Then if you get the infection, anything to decrease the risk. How to decrease the risk? Control your sugars, make sure BP is on condo, your cardiac status is perfect. Along with it, we are trying to do a few other things. One of them could be budesonide. All high-risk patients can take 400 mcg of microgram of budesonide to inhalation two times a day from seven days from the onset of mild symptoms. 
that is the number needed to treat was 8 to 1 which is quite significant recovery is one day shorter here they were not looking into mortality they were looking into patients visiting the hospital or emergency so there was some difference with that time to recovery came down by a day and defervescence was a bit early and hospital er visits became less so we talked about one immunosuppressant oral steroids and then iv steroids next drug which is costly which is i don't know it could be an elixir or fantasy but i know this becomes very costly people are trying to buy it for a lakh nobody gets it well again i'm not really sure about it i will just get they talk about two major trials and i'm just responsible for what i say it's absolutely up to you to understand what you want so we'll talk about the remap cap trial which brought tocilizumab back before that we used it we threw it away and then we started taking it up tocilizumab was used along with dexamethasone for a particular subset in this subset in remap cap trial they used patients who had an acute progression or rather a hyperacute progression these were patients who were hospitalized and became very sick very fast that is within 24 hours into the icu or within 3 days into the hospital those who progressed with minimal or no oxygen to high requirement of oxygen including mechanical ventilator niv or hfconsi make sure it is an acute progression remember if somebody has been in hospital with you for weeks at a day after a time tocilizumab does not have any role this is this can be given only when there is acute progression so what they realize is they may be a benefit in this trial they also tried something called sarilumab tocilizumab and control we won't go into details what is seen is look into the picture a and b so there seems to be a slight improvement so if your patient has a sudden acute progression which is an immune crisis or so called cytokine storm they may have a benefit now let's look into another trial which is again a huge trial called impactor trial they didn't find any survival benefit so if you have a clear accentuation like you know you choose your patients very well don't leave out of it they may be a benefit with tocilizumab i'm talking about patients who acutely worsened they need to have an acute worsening those who crash that's a group of patient and if you use it acutely they may be a benefit so i know we are still not sure about tocilizumab it may be doubtful also but be careful keep your fingers crossed so with regards to tocilizumab if there is an acute crisis use it but otherwise not much of a role again if you don't get it no need to panic because we have not shown any mortality benefit with this next comes what do you do when patient acutely acutely becomes sick when you don't have tocilizumab this is a cortex trial we have two three trials on this i've just taken up one trial which has a larger numbers so here they used dexamethasone 20 mg remember 20 mg comes to 1 to 2 mg per kg body weight so this is a cortex trial the other option is you can go for 2 mg per kg of methylprednisolone they gave it for 5 days followed with merit half for the next 5 days and then slowly went down this is what we use in our icu we pulse them with a higher dose of steroids for 3 to 5 days and depending upon the response and then go down so they had in these talking about patients presenting with moderate and severe ards here moderate and severe ards is not defined by ct score is defined by patient's respiratory status so patients who are sick who acutely become sick were used were given dexamethasone and they had some benefit so how do you immunomodulate so when somebody comes with hypoxia severe hypoxia along with inflammatory markers being very raised 
you use two conditions severity of hypoxia and rapidity of progression simple way to go it if covid pneumonia patients comes with no hypoxia no steroid just supportive care mild to moderate hypoxia it is dexamethasone 6 mg or 8 mg depending upon original molecule of 6 or 8 mg if they come with severe hypoxia look into the progression if it's a fast rapid progression 2 3 days patient become very sick means pulse them with dexa 20 mg or methylprednisolone 2 mg per kg 3 to 5 days and go down very fast progression totally with methylprednisolone if they again progressing insidiously over days for for four liters six liters eight liters then there is no role for these pulsing then you continue with dexamethasone 8 mg another thing which came in is uh, bartizitinib again yeah difficult to pronounce but i know everybody is talking about it but don't be surprised it's just another repackaged stuff so this is a trial which made it into all the books act 2 trial genuine trial but there was one major problem they used bartizitinib with remdesivir they used placebo with remdesivir they didn't use steroids at all by then we knew steroids really work so there was some benefit but i think if you had used steroid it would have been the same so according to me it's a costly drug probably you know getting the same cloth in a different uh, five star setup beyond that probably not much of a use so i've talked about so many drugs i didn't even think of talking about certain things because there's so many material available and uh, literature is so much but majority of them really doesn't make sense this was a good article which came in nature in may they were talking about how covid epidemic uh, brought about so many papers and some of them even after knowing that they doesn't work people persisted one of the common thing is hydroxychloroquine i didn't put anything on hydroxychloroquine because by now we know it doesn't really work you had nearly 250 trials on hydroxychloroquine despite enough evidence saying that it doesn't work take up about ivermectin again quite a few trials nearly 100 odd and if you change the statistics it will give an idea that it probably works convalescent plasma even after the recovery trial clearly said that it may not benefit it's there are several trials favipiravir still on trials about tocilizumab lopinavir well trials happen despite probably knowing very well they don't work next comes now the new drug which is caught into lot of patients patients charts and probably in some thing is a colchicin recovery trial tried this and trial is terminated they they took in more than 10000 patients there was no botalty benefit by one month they're looking into any other evidence it's in preprint so but we know that it doesn't save lives whether any effect on fibrosis i get we'll, i guess we'll get to know later again it's used early imagine uh, in the early phase of a disease you're immunocompetent don't use any drugs which suppresses immunity so personally i don't believe in colchicin next comes the ivermectin saga I, i mean it's more like a story now basically goa government decided to give it across to everybody then karnataka government said uttaga uttarakhand government said why did everybody decide this let's look into it so ivermectin is something which is used extensively in india without any rationale also in south america i know it's a cheap drug so after this came out who immediately said that who recommends against it and somebody pulled it up from mst mst or the merck which has the original molecule if they had known that the world will use it so much probably would not have released it mst had given a statement in february saying that there is no scientific basis for covid use for uh, for ivermectin use in covid 19 
there is no evidence supporting it and we don't know about safety this happened in february 2021 and we still believe it works now what made people use it it's basically because of this review they said they have gone through 18 rcts in a meta analysis and says ivermectin is a saga which works for everything including mild prophylaxis moderate severe well when somebody says a drug can work on everything please take it with a pinch of salt they did it with statins it didn't work they did it with few other drugs vitamin d didn't work so it's somebody's persistent view of pushing it across so this if you go into this trial in details i'm not even trying to do it now because it's it's lot of data and you will notice that most of these trials were small numbers there's no good masking the lot of issues with these with the trials which have been used to say that it really works so finally we have enough material that ivermectin doesn't really work who has said this is one trial which came in jama in 2020 in march 2021 they looked into the mild covid being treated with ivermectin 12 mg for 5 days this is what across india it's being used has been no use so ivermectin probably will help you get get rid of your strong aloids scabies maybe any other parasitic infection but probably it doesn't have any role in treating covid and when you take a higher dose for longer period of time it may suppress your immunity it may even end up getting a progression so be careful next one question which everybody asks they keep having fever fever is persistent shall i take steroids and i know a lot of physician give steroids to control the fever do i need to do that the answer is definite no because we have this trial which tried which checked across again is one of the trials from uk they looked at a lot of people who were on nsaids for some other reason or who had nsaids during this period they realized like look at the numbers it's nearly 80000 they didn't find an increased severity of covid-19 with nsaid use so you can easily take nsaid if your fever doesn't come down with paracetamol don't go for steroids in the viremic phase next thing which the new drug which is on the horizon which is colorful everybody is talking about it is the monoclonal antibody cocktail the regeneron there are several ones i am not even able to pronounce them they supposed to act in the early disease so when you have a mild disease you take this it is given as an injection as an outpatient basis the monoclonal antibodies bind across to the spike protein and prevent severe covid-19 their costly effect on variants is unclear there is a recovery trial on this there are some trials which have come out which are all phase 1 and phase 2 not peer reviewed so i'm not going to discuss them it is something which is coming up maybe a costly option but for subset of patients you know your transplant patients post op patient may have a role let's wait and see finally this is evidence with regards to most of the drugs used another thing which we see is vasculopathy patients coming with mis and strokes and peripheral vascular disease do we have an option what is the role of anticoagulants this is a trial we try to look at prophylactic dose and therapeutic dose anticoagulation on patients who are very sick what did they find not much of a difference so your usual prophylactic dose should be more than enough because both the bleeding and clotting risk is increased with covid so give them anticoagulation but give them at prophylactic dose once they are ambulant for example if they are very weak and tired for 2 weeks you can continue with the oral anticoagulants or 4 weeks once they are ambulant and moving around just probably come down to your antiplatelets still we don't have much material on antiplatelets but most of us use it routinely for two reason one most of our patients are high risk even if you take up the frangium heart high risk code majority of them come under high risk and second 
second we have follow up is becoming difficult so an aspirin or clopidogrel is used extensively and i use extensively so this is a subgroup analysis on patients with uh, standard and standard dose of anticoagulation with an intermediate or increased dose you will see that standard dose is more or less what is needed so we go with once a day anticoagulation now so finally coming back to what works in covid infection mild asymptomatic infection use vitamins monitor temperature high risk uh, as per the framingham health score you go for aspirin moderate if they are going to be you may if they are going to be high risk because of end organ dysfunction maybe budesonide inhalers if they come with hypoxia moderate risk with mild hypoxia may consider remdesivir along with dexamethasone severe disease methylprednisolone dexamethasone proning nothing else works epilog again no miracle drug for corona the only thing which saves life is oxygen remdesivir only in the viremic phase that is don't use it when somebody is on a ventilator anti inflammatory steroids use it only when the patient is hypoxic no role when they are when they do not have hypoxia inhale bidisenide high risk group who can progress tocilizumab bartizanib think about it when there is an acute crisis oxygen we are in short of oxygen across india please use it judiciously don't try to get to 98 99 steroids double edged sword don't use it in the viremic phase thank you